It's Pentecost. Where are we might wonder? The red balloons, the, the uh, red streamers and flags flying through the air, the sound of rushing wind. We do have a red car and we do have some red shirts. Alleluia. Where's the spontaneous eruption of languages from all over the world? Well, when you look at Pentecost in Acts, it was pretty dramatic until flames of fire that rested on the disciples' heads. They rested on the disciples' heads. Joel had prophesied, we just heard it, that I will pour out my spirit on all people, which means us because we're part of all people. And in the resting on their heads, resting on you and me, a slower, quiet motion, beautiful impartation of the Holy Spirit bringing Christ's love inside us is what's happening. It is a foreshadowing of the beautiful impartation of Christ's love into our hearts. Love. It's exasperated, captivated, devastated, and placated us through the ages. Poets, artists, movie producers all strain to describe or portray it. We struggle to receive it and to give it. Emily Barrett Browning tried to describe her love for God. Can we imagine ever saying these words? Here are some excerpts from her poem. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. I love thee to the depth and breadth and height my soul can reach. I love thee to the level of every day's most quiet need by sun and candlelight. I love thee with the breath, smiles, tears of all my life. What force of love, we might wonder, was so powerful in her that she would write such a poem, that she would exuberate this much. From our reading today in Ephesians, I'm guessing that it's Christ's love within her, dwelling in her heart through the power of the Spirit that led to her exuberance. And I have to wonder, can we imagine ourselves having such an all-infusing love? Do we even really want it? For several weeks, we've been hearing about bad powers pervasively at play in our culture, media, and businesses. And we heard a couple of weeks ago in Ephesians 2 about bad powers pervasively at play within us, like cravings and disobedience and bad thoughts and desires. 
Her shoulders have sagged under the weight of realizing that these realities have been ever-present and most likely will be continually present in our history. Then last week, we heard about the one superior power that can deal with all this badness, God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today, we learn more details. The superior power to combat the bad powers is Christ's love dwelling in our hearts. Last week, Canon Tim encouraged us to remember that God's power understood and taken in through the Holy Spirit is the incomparably great power for us who believe, the same as the mighty strength that he, God, exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. This incomparably great power is, and I quote, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age of come. And by God raising Jesus from the dead, this power placed all things under Jesus's feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Jesus is positioned over the bad powers. Good one. We can all be at peace now, right? Except for one thing. We tend to trust our eyes and not our hearts. And so we wobble, we resist, we question, we hesitate. I mean, with Jesus ascended, there's a lot of uncertainty that we feel. Paul certainly knew the early church would wobble, it would have uncertainty. As the second largest city in the Roman Empire, dark powers abounded in Ephesus with empire power on the one hand and worship of Artemis or the Jewish God without Jesus on the other hand. Predating Martin Luther King Jr. by thousands of years, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Paul knew that fighting fire with fire was not an option for subduing, much less transforming, the powers of darkness. They'd have to bring light into the darkness. They'd have to bring Jesus. Well, how? Through the Holy Spirit's agency, Christ's love needed to be placed inside them. So Paul dropped to his knees and begged God to strengthen the hearts and minds of the early Christians in Ephesus through the Spirit. 
in a form of blessing, baraka, from the word meaning to kneel, in the form of the Lord bless you and keep you, Paul prays that out of his glorious riches, he, that's God, may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Dwelling has the sense of foundation. It's secure. It's like the stones at the bottom of this building. Paul prays that they'd recognize Paul's, uh, Christ's love so firmly and steadily that it would serve as a foundation for everything in the disciples' lives. Once Christ was firmly dwelling or living inside them, Paul wanted the disciples to then know how big and constant Christ's love inside them was. So he continued his Baraka blessing prayer. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. The love of Christ doesn't mean the same thing as the love of pizza, as in I love pizza. The word of in the phrase love of Christ is the possessive, like the coat of John, except we don't say stuff like the the, the chair of Fran. We say Fran's chair, Christ's love. Paul wants the early church to be blessed with Christ's love inside them, in their inner being. And he wants them to know its vastness. The love inside them wouldn't be a modest dose of love. Paul prays that Christ's love inside them would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So let's look at this space we're in, this vast expanse of space we're in. We're all together in one place, like the disciples were in the upper room. A traditional reading from Pentecost from Acts says they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now imagine that our hearts are this house that is being filled, filled to the measure of the fullness of God with power through his spirit. We have Christ's love in our inner being. Now, since the hearers of Paul's letter could hear the word love in any number of ways, Paul was careful to use the word agape. Unlike storge, love between good friends, philia, the bond, the strong bond we have with family members, And eros, romantic love or sensual love. Agape is selfless, sacrificial, 
quietly joyful and wishes the well-being of the other with no thought to the cost. While the other types of love have elements of agape love in them, such selflessness and joy come in doses, with Christ's agape love, we have a steady, unwavering love. Because Christ's agape love is beyond normal human love. And therefore, it has to be apprehended, taken in supernaturally through the operation of the Holy Spirit, who's coming and resting on the disciples with flames in the upper room we celebrate today. Christ's love was to be the fuel in the engine, if you will, of the disciples' earthly bodies. And because Christ's love is without limit, unlike gasoline, it would never run out or be iffy. It wouldn't be wobbly. So first, the disciples were to be strengthened by his love. Second, they were to know and trust the vastness and the divine nature of the love inside them. And then they could ask for direction on where to drive, if you will, with this fuel inside. Christ drove his love to heal the blind, raise the dead, and enable the lame to walk. He drove his car, if you will, right to the cross. When we hesitate over the idea of having such immense and beautiful love inside us. What's going on? Well, let's break it down. First, do we want to be strengthened with power through his spirit in our inner being? Do we want to grasp, really grasp, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Some of us fear the consequences of the Holy Spirit free to operate within us. Suddenly, will we be weird or will our lives turn upside down? Or we fear we'll have to suffer like Christ on the cross if we have such a powerful love inside us. Or that we'll make a fool of ourselves praying, be healed, and the person isn't healed, and then that just we feel foolish. Or, this is Dennis's favorite, I don't want to go to this name a country that you wouldn't want to go to. And that's what will happen if it's just, if God is too big within me. Just, I'm just happy where I am. Thank you very much. All of these fears, if an angel were to visit here today, what would be the two words that the angel would say? What do angels always say when they come? Fear not. God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us move with Christ's love in our lives. Christ's agape love in our inner being is to be the fuel inside the lanterns of our specific bodies and lives here in 2023 on the North Shore. Paul knew for his disciples that Christ's love inside them was the key to providing steadying strength for their work ahead. And 
Christ in our hearts is, can be, will be the steadying strength we need in our inner beings today and all the days of our life from this day forward. I don't know, we might think, I haven't seen much love like that uh, with my difficult family members at school. I don't even know what such love inside a normal human being would look like. One man I talked to last week said he had so little experience encountering or experiencing Christ's love inside any human being that he quite frankly could not envision what that might look like inside of himself. It just was, he just couldn't even imagine it. To which I say, let's look at some role models. Well, let's look at a role model right inside of our church. I'd say Dennis, but it's time to let the dear unchampioned man be still for once. (laughs) In our midst, At Trinity North Shore, we have so many wonderful people, so I'm only going to mention one. She'll probably kill me for doing this because she's so humble, which, oh, that's a part of Christ's character also. It's Cheryl Clayton, gentle of nature with unexpected strength for one so gentle, commitment and follow-through, Cheryl teams with Christ's love. She's like a lantern radiating out the love of Christ. Christ radiates out of her, particularly when she stoops down from her adult height and sits on the floor with our youngest children. Like Jimmy Carter, the ex-president still teaching Sunday school, she's humble and tangibly loving and faithful as she ministers every single week to our little ones. Like Jesus Christ, who, though he was God, did not think equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Like that, Cheryl stoops to toddlers up to four-year-olds. And when she stands up eye-to-eye with an adult and asks you or you, how are you doing? How are you doing? You know, she really wants to know the answer. She did that with me, and I told her stuff I wouldn't tell people. (laughs) Safe, trustworthy, beautiful, humble. Paul's prayer is that we might grasp the limitless dimensions of Christ's love, which is beyond fathoming. It's beyond knowledge. We can't figure it out. And in our prayer in Ephesians today, we know, Paul knows, that it's just one step at a time. It's get the gas in the tank, and we'll talk about where to drive later. Much of our resistance to asking for Christ's love inside us comes from getting ahead of ourselves, 
He'll send me to name your blank country you don't want to go to. We forget that it's Christ's love inside us. A selfless, joyful, gentle, divine love inside us. A love that loves and trusts the Father and the Holy Spirit. This intermingling we heard a bit in the gospel today, I'm in him and he's in me, and we'll get to that next week with the Trinity Sunday. But for now, just know this love, that's what's inside. Emily Barrett Browning felt so much love that she had to pour it all out in a poem back to love. I mean, back to God. That's very Trinitarian. Love back. So let's wonder together. How will Christ's love inside me, inside you, radiate outward through the unique lanterns of your particular bodies, lives? Maybe in ways like Cheryl. We sure could use more help in that particular ministry. Shameless plug. (laughs) But there are so many ways to serve in our communities, um, with friends, families, So now receive this Baraka prayer for you. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the the love of Christ. Pray with me, Holy Spirit. Give me strength to say yes. I give you permission to light your flame in my inner being. Bring me Jesus. Today, I enlarge my yes to you. Yes, Christ, dwell in me. Fill me to all the fullness of God. And though I tremble at the unknowns ahead, help me, a lantern of your own making, to radiate you, the light of the world, wherever you may lead. Amen.